What techniques should I learn first? This is a question I get all the time. People are just, they're very frustrated with the fact that when they look at a job description, it lists maybe five, six, or even more like 10 different techniques, which you're supposed to supposedly know already, even coming into a junior BA position. So which ones are the best ones to learn first and how do you know? That's what we're gonna cover in this episode. Join us. Good day, good evening, and good morning, wherever you may be. And this is the Biz Analyst Moment with Adam Hessler from Being a Biz Analyst. And welcome. Now let's dive into those moments. So the thing about choosing techniques to actually be able to do really effectively and to actually choose the ones that are going to serve you the best, the best way to look at this is, as I'm always telling my students, go out, pick 25 job descriptions with either titles or descriptions of stuff that you think you would really enjoy doing. And ideally you've gone through the descriptions and you've said to yourself, yes, these meet my criteria of what I'm looking for in a company and in a position. And if you want more help with that whole process, feel free to um, send me an email, beingabizanalyst at gmail.com. And we can walk through that process within my free course that I offer. We are going to be doing a new launch in November, so it's, it'd be good to get signed up now. Anyway, so coming back to it, basically what you have done with those 25, maybe even 50 postings, the more the better because then you actually get a good grasp on what does the market really want you to have for the type of position that you want in the type of company that you want to work at. And so then figure out what that average is. So obviously we're not dealing with numbers here, but we are dealing with looking at it from a frequency perspective. So a frequency graph, all it does is it looks at what, how many times is something popping up in this case on job descriptions. So let's say you find that for positions that you really want, process analysis is showing up maybe 50% of the time and data modeling is showing up maybe 40% of the time and um, use cases and wireframes are showing up maybe 10% of the time and SWOT analysis is showing up maybe 5% of the time. And let's say, what are some of the other good ones? Business cases are showing up maybe 70% of the time. So looking at just that, what we call a histogram, which is basically just a bar graph showing the frequency for each of the techniques, we're seeing that 
for sure, business cases is going to be something that you want to dive into head first because obviously that is a very, very high demand, um, not high demand, sorry, highly in demand technique. And you find most of them are saying, you know, like we were talking about, they've got business cases and it looks like you know, process analysis is pretty important. Data modeling might be fairly important. It was a little bit less important. And then also use cases and wireframes were in there. And then SWOT analysis was very, very low. It was at like 5%. So maybe you don't even need to focus on SWOT analysis. But again, like, um, sorry, not again. Um, SWOT analysis is one of those things that you can go out and learn how to do. And then it's really something you can just practice on your own. So you don't necessarily need a lot of formal training on that one. So that's good because it's one of those things you can stroke off your list very, very easily. But there's other stuff like learning how to write really great business cases, doing process analysis, data modeling, um, use cases of wireframes, all these things require usually a little bit of actual formal training. Now, business cases, again, are something you can learn on the job, and they're not really that hard to learn how to do. And neither are any of these other techniques. But there is a level of formality to these different techniques like business cases, process analysis, um, data modeling, use cases and wireframes that's usually expected of the BA when they're presenting their documentation. And so this is where education comes in really handy. As I was saying on one of the other podcasts earlier this week, because you always want to be thinking about what is the balance between how much formality or in other words, how much education do I need versus how much experience do I need? And so more or less experience equates to that practical element of can I actually implement what I've actually learned? So once you've narrowed it down and you've figured it out, okay, so now I know based on my ideal position description and ideal company and matching that up with say 25 to 50 different descriptions and finding out that, you know, let's say we're working with just looking at it from strictly a mathematical majority perspective. So 51% of them are saying you need process analysis, use cases and wireframes, and data modeling. So one thing you could do then is go out and look for actual courses or either individual courses or course packages that actually include all of these together or, as I said, separately. Now, the other thing about formality is that it's great to go out and learn all the different aspects of these techniques, but if you're not actually getting real experience out of it in that the course is set up so that it 
pushes you to go out and get experience to actually be able to complete the course, then it fall, will fall on your shoulders to make sure that you go out and get that experience for yourself, which is great um, because usually the cost will be a lot lower for that type of course because obviously they don't have to hire um, instructors to mark your work and give you feedback and all that kind of stuff. But what I find with a lot of people is if they don't have somebody and some element to the course to hold them accountable to actually implementing that knowledge, then the knowledge actually gets lost. Because really, what you don't do and put into practice always, almost always gets lost. And I've had this, excuse me, I had this experience many, many times where I've gone out, done a course, and I thought, oh, that was really cool. And I got so much out of that course. And then three weeks later, I will have already forgotten all about all the information that I learned because I didn't actually take it and put it into practice. Now, sometimes I don't really care. Maybe I was just learning for fun or just learning for the sake of you know, having that as learning be a practice in my day. But if I actually wanted to be cemented in and be able to execute on my education, then I've got to put it into practice. So there'll be another section to this podcast all about the business analyst blueprint, which comes from Bridging the Gap. And they actually offer this as a complete course and wrap around it what's called the Business Analyst Process, BA Process Framework. Let's just say that. Um, And what that does is it shows you how all these different techniques fit together to be used on a single project. So when would you use process analysis as opposed to use cases and wireframes? And if you want a little bit more in depth on what is the value of these different techniques and why would you want to actually take the business analyst blueprint, like what is the value of it? uh, Go on to my YouTube channel, Being a Biz Analyst, The most recent video there was a live presentation that I did last Monday on that exact topic of what is the value of the business analyst blueprint. And I walk you through step by step. So that's it for today. Thanks very much and have an amazing day and keep learning and implementing or applying what you learn. Hi folks, and welcome to this episode. So just a little bit of a plug. My friend Laura Brandenburg at Bridging the Gap is offering us up free training on process analysis and process improvement. And she's doing this for the rest of August and most of September as a part of her launch of what's called the Business Analyst Blueprint. And so the Business Analyst Blueprint allows you to understand how does a BA really work effectively within 
a project or initiative environment. Now, this is not just if you're just starting out as a BA, because I think what we miss as we get higher up is we start to forget about the fundamentals of being a business analyst. And so she's had lots of senior BAs as well as intermediate BAs go through this because what you get is instructor feedback on the actual projects that you're doing where you're learning how to effectively use the techniques that she's presenting in the course. So the techniques that she presents are wireframes and use cases, which are great for understanding the communication between a user and a system. Data modeling. So there's a bunch of different techniques that she teaches within the scope of data modeling, where you're really looking at how does data move between systems or how do we get it from one system to another, which are huge, huge projects. So for example, if somebody's put implementing new software is a great example of that. Or if you're trying to cre either create or use an API to connect two different softwares. She also teaches what's called mastering business analysis, which is an overview look of what is the actual value of a BA and how do they actually execute on that value in any initiative or project. Lastly, she dives into process analysis and process improvement. And the actual free training that's being offered over the course of the next month or so actually looks at helping you understand the not only importance of process mapping, process improvement, process analysis, but actually how to do that really effectively. And then she dives into that in even more in depth in the actual course. During the course, which I've actually taken a lot of these courses, I've never done the actual whole blueprint, but I hear it's way better than just doing the individual courses. You actually work through the full, um, I guess you call it gauntlet really of all these different techniques for a single project that either you just sort of made up or that you're working on within your actual position right now and you get to get instructor feedback on the documents that you've produced and how effective are they actually at communicating with stakeholders and how can you improve on how you're executing on those types of techniques right now, which is so, so key because the number one thing that a lot of BAs complain about is that they're not able to actually get that kind of feedback from other BAs on their work. And a lot of people within the company that they work in are not BAs, so they don't know how to give them feedback on their actual work. A lot of BAs work within a company and they are the only BA in that company. So this is a great opportunity to be able to get that um, objective feedback from an instructor who is a senior BA in the community, internationally known, and be able to understand how you can improve 
based on where you're at right now. So that's the business analyst blueprint. Look for that link within the episode notes. Thanks very much and have an amazing day. Thank you for joining me, Adam Hessler, from Being a Biz Analyst for another Biz Analyst moment. I hope you enjoyed today's moment. I know I did. These are the moments of our careers. So I realized that I hadn't actually filled you guys in on my goals for this month. Like, what the heck, Adam? So my goal for this month is estimated number of listeners to be between 38 and and 40 um, number of estimated listeners. Now, Anchor basically calculates this by looking at the total number of plays on all the episodes in a moving window for 30 days and then divides by the total number of episodes. And so these number of plays are coming in from all the different podcast websites that are it's been syndicated to, syndicated meaning it's been um, published on. And the reason that I want to do this is because I've realized that focusing on total number of plays is not actually helping my business. So total number of plays is not really an expression of how well I'm actually impacting the BA community and the future BA community. Future BA community being those people who are aspiring to a career in business analysis, which is really my target market. Because of course, so the reason that I want to focus on the the KPI of average number of listeners, average estimated number of listeners, what an anchor calls it, is because this at least looks at the number of total plays and then divides it by the number of episodes. So you're really looking at like sort of smoothing out all of those exaggerations, those outliers that might be happening on specific episodes that may have just gotten more plays just because I typed in the right tag that would have allowed it to be picked up on Google search by a lot of people who normally might not listen to my episode. But also because for me to actually build this business and make it successful, What I want to be doing is focusing on you, the listener who is here listening to each and every episode each week, or maybe one episode a week, or even one episode a month, whatever your frequency might be. Those consistent listeners who are doing that listening on a consistent basis, those are the people that I want to focus in on. You're the people that I'm talking to every single week when I create these episodes. And thus, the estimated average number of listeners is a better way to look at how am I doing as far as the quality of the content that I'm putting out. 
And so that's why I've decided to eliminate looking at total number of plays and look at this KPI instead. Thanks very much. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye.